Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 105, an interview with John G from EGPA at ESL Challenger DreamHack Melbourne 2022. Hey guys, this is Lefkoe. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Dap. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. Oh, this is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky beaky like? I have a friend who was one of the actors on Days of Our Lives and he was describing how many storylines the writers had to burn through and it was something like a new storyline every week for each character and there was something like 15 characters at once. So basically over the course of their stint on the show, every character had to go through every single possible triangular permutation with the others until they were finally killed in some outrageous way by another character. And I relate this anecdote to illustrate my impressions of the North American CSGO scene beyond the tier one scene. It has long appeared to me uh, to be an incomprehensible soap opera. And I conveyed as much to John G., So he was gracious in providing some details about the beginnings of his career and the lead up to his current team, EGPA. Now, my mic wasn't turned on for the first few minutes because uh, this was my first interview in a couple of years. Um, But I'm sure you'll suck it up graciously and enjoy this interview with John G from EGPA. The first big event I did was in 2016. I went to Brazil for WSG. Oh, I got right. to play on Team Canada for that, so it was Ocean. Well, Ocean and Els were two of like the big names on that squad. And then later on, when we had some issues, we uh, we I got to play with Davy, so that was cool. Um, but that was the that that event, and then coming second at that event was actually really cool. And then we went to China and just got owned, but we had a really hard group. I think I can't remember exactly who it was. Team Russia. Yeah, it was like Team Russia and then VP. We, we played VP. <laughs> we just had a really tough group. And then Envy. It was right. like the most absurd group ever. Envy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how old are you then? Because I can't do maths. 16? Yeah. I was 16 then, yeah. Did you come out of school for that? Uh, yeah, so that year, my the Dash JLC, like I have on my jersey, uh, or my grandfather's initials, mm. uh, when I was younger, like he got diagnosed with cancer when I went from... Uh, when I got into high school, so from grade 7 to 12, he was, like, battling that. And uh, I was really, really close with him. Like, a lot of people don't get to spend, like, a lot of time with their grandparents, but our family was, like, you know, every Sunday we'd go for dinner, went on family trips all the time together. Uh, And then that was the year where he was getting really bad. He got put on hospice, and uh, my dad and I moved in with them to help my grandmother out. And that was uh that was really rough for like me as just a kid and then like you're watching somebody like slowly just deteriorate you know it was not the best thing I don't think for a kid to see which is like unlucky and I think I'll ne- I, I learned that I'm never doing that with like if I have a child or something but uh, uh I was going through that one day I was getting ready for school finally after like a week or two of not going because I was just so sad and uh my dad walked in the room and he was like yeah yeah he passed and then I was like yep I'm not going to school and then I got like a couple of weeks or a week or maybe a couple of days later uh, I got the opportunity to go to Brazil and then I was like if we win in Brazil I get to go to China and then I think it's like a really sick opportunity and then like you know I was like they, they my grandfather or my my dad and my grandmother had a talk and they were like like this is a crazy life experience and as long as you like finish it later on like 
you know, go live your life. And they trusted me and let me go start my career, which is very, very sick. But yeah, that was, that was a big, that was, that was, uh, that was, that was a big reason why I didn't uh, continue with school that year. So that dude, that is like, that is a very low, low to a very high, high. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of trauma. And then you're, you're going into the sort of high energy um, career high that some people never get in their lives. How do you deal with that? I think it was really good because it took my mind off of like, like going there and being gone. Like I wasn't thinking so much about it and uh, that helped a lot. Um, I, there wasn't really like much dealing with it. I just kind of always just have played and like that's why I love this game and that's why I've been playing it for my whole life. Like it got me through a bunch of stuff and it always gets me through stuff and if I'm going through it, I just play some CS. Like I'll just grind it for, you know, I'll play team practice and then if I'm still like, you know, if I'm sad afterwards, like I'll play some FBL, I'll just stream anything that like, I don't know, this game pretty much like saved me. So I, I owe a lot to it. So after Rise Nation, there was this is where this is where we enter. Someone like me mm. has a very hard time working out what you kind of the journey you went through. Can mm. you describe kind of, you know, because the first time you really came up on our radar, at least for me, was at Chaos. Mm-hmm. But there was some bad news bears back and forth before then. Do you yeah. want to just describe kind of what happened before um, Chaos? So after Rise, I got removed because we were like a newer team and I struggled at an, at an event for us to make Pro League and I think they, they were upset. I think uh, they they needed they thought they needed a change, so I was that guy. Um, that was really hard for me because, like I said, I didn't finish high school and uh, I left a lot of my friends and stopped talking to them. So those guys on Rise were pretty much like my, my five brothers, you know? And uh, after that, I was like pretty, pretty sad just because I now had all my friends were gone and, uh, you know, didn't have much to go back to in real life. So I tried instantly getting on another team. I think after Rise, it was, I don't even remember. I was, I was in the trenches for a little while. And then, you know, it was just little teams, little teams go as far as we could go. Hopefully don't make changes. A lot of the time we didn't. I think I had a lot of like cool success and I got to play with like a lot of different people, which I'll always like, I, I'll always like, like I got an opportunity on United um, right after Rise a couple, I think it was like almost right after, maybe a couple months. Um, I got to play with Davey and Abe and some good like Mitch I ended up playing with for a really long time. Uh, that was that was a cool time. Sadly, we lost um, to make. Uh, it was like pro league. It was it was in U- in the UK a really long time ago. Um, so then after United, we didn't make pro league. So that roster just died. Kind of uh, started playing on subtle. That's where I rejoined up with my boy Kyle or Ocean, playing with Ocean L's. Um, Oof, I don't remember the, the rest of that roster, but those were the two that I like looked, turned, took a lot from and learned from. And then after that, oh, I went. I think I went to Blackout. So that was with Connor, 93, Seb, Wrath. That was a good group of guys. Odorous. That was a good team. Um, went on from then. By the way, like most of the times I was like changing rosters and stuff. Like there wasn't really anything other than like it was. It was most of the time like I just had an opportunity to go up a level, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't like staying at the same level and not progressing and I like I, I like progression a lot I it's kind of addicting like getting better being the best and then leading up to chaos like I finally had my stint where I had it was just five guys 
who believed in each other fought fully. Like you, anybody could say anything to anybody on that team. There'd be no egos, arguments, like petty stuff. It was just, we're here to just win. And then we won and like the vibes are obviously gonna be good when you're just winning so much. And so it just kept going and you know, and then obviously we at Raiders when we were like getting to our best, almost going to Europe, uh, COVID decided it was gonna hit and uh, chaos kind of couldn't, well, they, they they just couldn't pay us anymore because like their investors were gone and we were getting so good and like we had incentives in our contracts. So they kind of just, we were about to hit another one and they were about to start having to pay us even more. And it was like, I could see from their eyes, it was like, you know, oh God. But like they, you know, they were trying to do the best things ever for us. Like they were trying to find us a new home. Didn't even, I don't even think they were asking for money. Like they were just like, please, somebody pick these guys up. They're insane. Like, you know, and uh, sadly that didn't happen. So that was almost like another Rise Nation-esque thing that that one hit me really hard because it was finally the first team where I, I felt like people were finally recognizing me, you know, like I said, and I've always been that guy on teams that I do the dirty work. I don't always have the most insane stats, but I do a really important job, but people don't care about from the outside when they're not like, you know, that versed in how teams work and how the game works. Like nobody ever says like, oh my God, John G, like all he has the most insane stats because I'm just not, it's very rare that I'm going to have like an insane stat wise game because I'm running in first most of the time, like, you know, like yeah. doing the hard shit. So it was the first time where people were like, oh my God, John G, like I was in really nice spots on CT side so I could like shine. And then on T sides, like I didn't ever have to worry about dying because I just had Marky, Zeppa and Leaf, like, the people if I go in and I could literally not even shoot somebody but if I told them where they were they're gonna go and just shoot them in the head and then we're gonna win the round so it was like I felt the freest I had ever felt so you guys let me just clarify you guys were like too good like if you hadn't been about to hit these incentives chaos might have gone oh we can probably pay you. maybe maybe they could have kept paying us but like um <laughs> victim of your own success yeah maybe maybe they could have kept paying us but at the same time I think they like like all their investors were gone so I don't think it was a possibility I think if they could have they probably would have kept us because like from an org point like too like all like we got to talk to them a lot like it was like a giant family like after games we would win like our manager would come in and just like be talking to us like go oh, good job guys you guys are fucking insane you know like blah blah like pardon my french but um yeah like it was just from top to bottom all across the board was like a perfect home from the outside it did seem like this was like the second coming of na like you know you've had your stewies and your Tareks and your nothings and your yeah. sean garras and then chaos is here bearing the flag for like the next wave and then i guess COVID, but also wasn't it around that time when you guys were accused of cheating or did you come in after that yeah no i was there you were there for that i was there for that when we beat my have yeah. you have you met fallen in the hallway here yeah. at the arena mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> i actually you? i actually talked to him for the first time i think ever in romania at the rmr yeah yeah so that was cool and did you have words uh i just i apologize because i there's like a clip that was surfaced about like I was just like people were just harassing me in my chat and I basically just said that like I shouldn't have said the wording I said but I basically just said that they weren't that good anymore and uh, some other things and uh they don't the whole community of Brazilians didn't really like that that much so I I took uh took some heat for that but it also was just disrespectful because like I also talked to Taco about it like over a beer or something one time and it was like you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, they probably, they know they were struggling, but it's, it's kind of shitty to shit on people that like came 
all the way over here and like you know they're spending all their time and being away from family and you really like as I got older obviously like you learn like you know it's not they're not just here like they're not happy when they're doing what bad you know like there's no reason to shit on them like they're just trying to do their thing and you don't feel like any justified anger towards them for cheating accusations no like I mean it was just kind of silly in my opinion because like we were playing with our coach and it was a game that really didn't like none of us even thought we were going to go into that game and win it so when we won it was like oh god that's that's rough but like we were happy obviously but yeah should never should never have won that to begin with so then why the switch to valorant well, I, the, the whole, like, orgless bout that happened after Chaos was uh, really mentally taxing. Like, going from... Also, like, the nice part about having an organization is everything you're playing for, you don't have to win. You are you want to, but you don't have to. When you're on an orgless team, as long as I was, like, BNB, and then, f- like, two... Almost, like, I don't even know how long BNB was. It was, like a, like, a year and a half, maybe two. Like, a long time trying to find a home, and every tournament we went to it's like hey man you need to win this or you can't pay rent and that that was really dawning on me and uh were you surviving just off bad news bears winnings yep wow yeah cash cups which city were you living in? uh ottawa i was living with uh, my dad and stuff okay yeah. All right. yeah recently was the i i was uh like the when i switched to valorant that was when i was living on my own slash paying my rent and car payments and all this so for I can't say like I was living with them for that long, but yeah, I was living all the way. I think my rent was like eight hundred dollars, but I got you know out in chaos. I I was really really comfy because the whole thing kind of came out of nowhere, and like I was making good money for the first time in my life. I had just got my license, and I never had anything like an adult anything. So I bought a car, and like it wasn't. It's not an absurd thing that I was spending a million dollars a month on, but you know like insurance when you're younger and a car payments. It, you know eight hundred, and then the four hundred, and then the bills they start adding up eventually and i've been in a car now for 15 years and i still like am gobsmacked at how much it costs me yeah. regularly and like when the money's just leaving 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 like i had some saved up from chaos don't get me wrong but like you know that it's when it's leaving 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 and you only get like whatever you are gonna win back it's like sometimes you can't win everything so it's like hey this month we didn't win anything but here's ah take all my money so it was like it was getting really, really hard, and uh, the best thing was, well, at the time, I was in a long-distance relationship, and uh, the the girl lived in New York. I was in Canada. Obviously, I needed a visa if I wanted to move there, and the day I got the paper copy of the one that Chaos had finally got for me, they took forever, but it wasn't their fault. It was just because COVID and the whole visa thing was just messed up, and uh, I, the day I got the piece of paper was the day that they got us on the call and told us that they were dropping us, and then that is just instantly void, so... I, uh, yeah, I just, I just moved out because I, I, I just moved out with my dad and packed all my stuff up and had it in a storage bin because I was just moving in with his uh, friend for just a little while. It was supposed to be, I've been there for two years now, but um, I was, it was supposed to be like a stepping stone. I was going to get the visa. I already had a place in the States picked out. Mm-hmm. So that whole... meet the girl in Central Park, run at each other. Yeah. So that all kind of just came tumbling Shit. down along with the best team I was ever on. So that was like a, a really big struggle to go through. And then. I was like, you know, okay, I'll go teamless for a little bit. I'll try to find a org. Like, I didn't want to just, you know, switch right away because I thought I could, we could do it. Didn't end up doing it for a very long time. We would go to Europe, get the experience, come back here or back home to NA and just lose like BNB. Like, we never really seemed to grasp the like, which is unlucky, but we never grasped like the the things that we would talk about and we would never put them forward in our matches, you know. And 
I was still with her. I still wanted the visa. So I switched over literally just for to get the visa. And uh, meanwhile, I, I just did not like that game. It didn't give me the same feeling. It wasn't the game that I've had so much history with in terms of just life. And uh, I was like, yeah, like, I, I just want to go back. And after, after like the three months I was there, I just was not happy. Like as a human, a teammate, I was just, I was not, I was not cut out for it. I'm, I mean, I'm probably going to beep the name of Valorant on this podcast because yeah, fuck that game. Yeah. So I, it's also probably going to be the um, title of this interview. I went to Valorant for a visa. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> Um, so when you came back, how soon after you came back did you guys form Party Astronauts? Were you part of the beginning of that? Uh, no, I joined into them after they had some success. Uh, I, I, I just hit them up at the right time. I think Infinite had just left or I asked them if they wanted to make a change and they said like, funny that you're asking because we're about to make a change and then they had a talk and brought me in. But it was whenever they, uh, they made the roster change with uh, Infinite and then... So how, how was it? Did you guys hit the ground running? Was it like, holy shit, this uh, is the we didn't We didn't August. hit the ground running, actually. Um, I was pretty unhappy with uh, that the Cynic. You, you oh, know. I saw yeah. the drama on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, there, was yeah, some, yeah. there was some drama. I don't... I didn't like the way he even like I, I even like his him himself like the player he is I don't find like very good to be completely honest okay. and his mentality was just bad and he was impossible to just he was impossible to like be a teammate with like there was I as soon as I as the first day I was there, I talked to him and I just knew it was not going to work out. Did you ask him to have a chat at Starbucks or something? No, I, I, I don't even think that was, I don't think a drink, anything in the world would have like been able to mend that relationship. It was, uh, it was just two really, really completely different people and visions of how the game works and everything. And I just didn't think he had what it like took from, obviously when I was on Chaos, I finally got to experience winning and what it took to win and to make in like make these big teams like you you have to have a level of randomness sometimes because if you're just doing everything how you're supposed to do it every round like they're gonna you know these good teams have been playing inside forever so it's good to like be able to speed it up sometimes and you know play the game a little bit of a unorthodox way but um yeah he, after after that though like we uh we picked up as soon as i played with viz i was like oh my god i love this guy and whenever we picked him up we kind of just started like the chemistry was better the mood was better he seems like a pretty chill dude he's really good kid he's like by far i think one of like the best teammates i've gotten to play like i've played with like some really good people and good friends of mine but like he's a very good kid like as soon as i played with him the first day i was like we're picking him up because we just we just tried him out in like a on a mythic cup or something and we ended up winning it but it wasn't even the like we could have lost it and i still would have been like i want this kid like now because like he just listens to anything and he'll do anything and he doesn't care and he doesn't you know he's just he's a rock and i, I, I love that i love that about him there's a lot of blowback, I think, towards both of you for what happened on Twitter. Did you learn anything about that situation, you know, apart from the team play and stuff? Um, the, the Cynic and my yeah, beef? PR-wise, it wasn't a good look for either of you. Did you um, get that impression? I mean, my Twitter has always been a place, and especially me as just a human, I'm pretty just, I like to voice my opinion. And uh, he, was just, he was just saying some outlandish things, you know? And I was just, I had a very clear, like, we were about to go to a boot camp, I just had got back to the game and I was like actually enjoying playing it. So like I would play like, you know, I would come on for practice. I was hella happy. I would always like show up and, you know, put my best foot forward. But I was like, 
I'm going to wait to like start super grinding the game because we're about to go to Europe for a boot camp and I want to just like start grinding, like start my here. I'm back now. Like let's destroy in this like our boot camp. And then the whole like he didn't get his vaccine and then like we didn't get the boot camp. So he was like mad about my hours and it was just like so dumb. And it was like very like not a single person. Like he had a, he had the biggest issue with it, but never just said anything about it to me. Like just say, Hey, can you like, your hours are a bit low. Can you play more? And I'd be like, I, right, but like, if you don't say this, how am I, like, I'm like you can't read people's minds. Right. So it's like, it, it was just, yeah, I, I get it. It was like a little, like it made a, might've looked bad, but I also don't like when people just have no idea what they're saying and say dumb things. And I was just like, yeah. If you're a savage in real life, why not be a savage on Twitter? <laughs> I'm very conservative on Twitter, so I can't talk. Um, so then we come to Evil Geniuses, right? Mm-hmm. This kind of news was just crazy. I, I spoke to Nicole when she became CEO mm-hmm. three, four years ago now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, we're going to make some changes. And then they go and sign like the xCloud 9 roster. It's like, what the hell? You're not making any changes. <laughs> like, this is a step backwards. But then she flops out like a 15-man team, basically. Three teams. How did that come about? Like, were you guys surprised when she approached you? I was not in like the talks that much, so I can't say much. Um, I think the idea was like floated, and then it just came up, up to us being like okay with not ma- like we held out until the the RMR because like obviously if we made the major that like as an orgless team that's just absurd in terms of like the financials gain and everything from it. But uh, when we failed that, we were like, hey, I think. Everybody thinks it's like the most insane thing that we can't play. Like they're always like, but you can't play majors. It's like they they get pro league, blast, and the major, and then I'm sure like and maybe another event here like here or there like a big like S tier or whatever you want to call them. And then you know we get some qualifiers, almost every tier two European event. And like even though it's like tier two, we just got to play in Tropic. You know, we just came back from playing Astralis at Pro League or uh, yeah, at Pro League that we were at, which unlucky we can't go to. But like we just had already got the experience. Like we got, to, you know, we get to play good teams still. And it's like we're gonna get a boot camp in Europe here soon. So then we get to come and just grind for weeks. Like and like at any point, like they showed already with Hex, like somebody could get moved up if you're showing you deserve it. You know, and that's the nice thing about the three rosters is everybody's putting pressure on everybody you don't just you don't get to be comfortable like just you know doing bare minimum like every, there's eyes on you and there's somebody that wants your spot so if you were to go to the main roster right now who would you replace i i don't i have no idea because i've never really like i haven't we haven't gotten a chance because our, our two rosters just haven't gotten to cross paths that much but in terms of like talking like i haven't gotten to talk to like neilan or you know any of these boys but um I don't know, like, play style-wise or role-wise who exactly, like, if, like, Rush was still there, I would be able to be, like, you know, roll for a roll, I'm, like, a Rush. Except he has more, like, anchory CT spots where I'm, like, a rotator. My thing is, I would almost rather, like, stay with these boys and, like, continue just getting better as a, a, a whole team, you know? And, yeah. I have no idea, like, who the role-for-role role I would replace. And With EG, like, are they providing things that you haven't had before? Do you have psychologists? Yes, all, all sorts of stuff, man. Like, we've gone to talk to Taylor, our sports psychologist, slash, like, a little bit of everything. Uh, there's Gamer Docker, Lindsay, who's another person that's, like, uh, trying to just make us better people. Gamer Docker? 
Gamer Doc is her uh, is her in game uh, or her like Twitter handle or whatever. What does she do for you? Oh, uh, she's like another like like she just helps in with mentality. Like they show us like stretches. Like she's just a performance like enhancer. I don't I don't know the exact title, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> don't uh, don't rush. She's the one who gives you the steroids and the creatine. No no steroids, no creatine. No no, no but, the um, emotional steroids. Oh yeah, but um, and then like we got to talk to Soham a lot. Valens, he's just an encyclopedia when it comes to like the game a lot of just life stuff i got like i i didn't expect as nearly as much well i had no idea what to expect because i like i never even got to go to chaos and be at the apartments with the guys and like have some of the resources they even had right so i didn't know what coming in like what we were gonna get you know and it was like a really pleasant surprise like we had a couple of workshops uh, they had uh, Jordan, who's like, um, how would you call it? Like s someone who knows like all about stretches and all sorts of stuff like that. A physio? Like a, yeah, like a physio, yeah. So he showed us like, you know, checked our postures out, gave us tips on like, you know, maybe maybe try this a little bit. Like if somebody's having back pain or they showed us some like really good like stretches, just make sure we're like good, you know? And then, you know, like, Every single person, even in the office, like everybody there is just there to be good people and they all want us to, at the end of the day, be good players, but also be better humans. And that was like, I've tweeted about it as well. It's like, that's the most, that's the nicest thing you can have as a player when you genuinely feel like the people you're working for care. Cause like when they don't, you know, you feel it. And I, I've always been a person that like any team I join, an organization, I want the entire thing to feel like a family. Because just for me personally, if I want to win for you, it, it, it just helps me a lot. And uh, that's just something I kind of live by. And like if I, you know, like I've, I've grown up over the years and I've experienced a lot and I know everybody's going through a lot of stuff, whether, whether they show it, say it, talk about it. I'm like, I don't want to add on to that. So just show up, try to be a good guy like they're teaching us and then... Everyone's going through shit, and you never know, do you? Someone yeah. could be having the worst day ever, and you wouldn't fucking know. That's why I feel like people who've had some tragedy early on, they're always the people you can rely on, because they know... How, how shitty how things shitty can get things sometimes. Can get. Yeah. yeah, and how you can't, you, know, you can't tell if someone's having that shitty time. Um, have you ever been into a server room of a building? No. Uh, the, the server rooms of like big uh, office buildings have like giant computer towers with blinking lights. There's like a hum in the air. I've seen I've seen them on like movies and stuff. Right. I've always imagined that if you went to like the EG headquarters and it's like you have a meeting with Valens, that he's in like a server room and he kind of walks out of the dark. It's like a crackle of electricity. He's like, "Welcome to my data lab," <laughs> and he like hooks you up to like little electrodes and stuff, and then you download all these stats that you have. But you sounded like you made it sound like he's actually got some life advice. Oh, dude. Uh... Yeah, I mean, coming, like, he's obviously talked about the game uh, a decent amount with us and, like, given us some tips, and he would sit in in some scrims, and he's there when we do our drills and whatnot. Um, when we were doing them in-house, like, he was in the office, like, on the server with us, talking and just explaining stuff, but more so, like, 90%, I would say, like, 80% of that boot camp was him giving us tips and exercises and helping us in the being a better person aspect because I think with our team and just people overall in general like he you you have to you have to it's very easy to get lost and not like and talk but have like 
you don't always think, you know, like, and you're always taught, this is the best analogy I can give is my dad, when I was growing up, he always used to tell me, think before you do something, which is great, but they don't tell you what to think. And you're supposed to go on through life and figure that out for yourself. And sometimes like you can't blame somebody if they've never been told what to think or how to, how to think about thinking about things like, or anything, you know, and he gave me a lot of tips in terms of how I communicate with people, my, like, my, even in, like, out-of-game relationships, like, family, friends. I was going through a rough time, like, while I was there in Seattle at the boot camp, I was going through the breakup, and, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was, like, mentally a little taxing, as most breakups probably are, but um, he, 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 he actually like didn't have to do or help me through any of that, you know, but he was a very good guy and he was the first person to tell me in so long that it's okay not to be okay. And that was, and then he also was the first person in a very, very long time to tell me that he believed in me and that, that meant a lot. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I also have this vision where you go to Valens and you're like, dude, I've got this really tough emotional problem, you know, my girlfriend's here and you know, and he goes, oh, okay. All right, so <clears throat> we're down fifteen thirteen at Boston. It's overtime in Inferno, or whatever, and every story comes back to that. Two, last two questions: Are there any players right now, NA or otherwise, that you really just love watching, or you're inspired by, or you just can't get enough of their POVs? I always, I always love watching Nav, just because he's he's a really good guy, and he's been around for as long as I can remember. Like since I've been playing, I've been watching him forever, and he's actually very nice. Like. You would think after all the success and stuff that he's had and they've had that like when you like meet him at an event or something like you know you never know how they're gonna be and you I, I he's like the most chill he he sat down with us at pro league like our entire team it was just like talking about the game about life he's just a really good dude so i was like that obviously makes it easier to want to see him win and be the best and obviously they're an NA team, so I, I'm always going to have um, the mo- utmost respect for them. And, uh, like, that whole team really, like, NAF, Elige, like, OC, I'm really happy he's on there now. Like, they have a good group of guys, and I'm always, like, I try to watch, it, like, most Liquid games. I've always liked to watch Art just because he's funny. Like, just some of the stuff he does, I'm just like, God, you're a troll. But he's that's him, and he's nasty at doing his thing, so respect whenever i pick up the op i try to i try to be a little mini art when i'm running around so a lot of people always call me the na version of art too i was i always get i got that a lot actually in the na art but is uh, i aware of this uh i don't know i'm not sure i think i think he might he might he might get the same thing actually yeah like no no he came first for sure but yeah no we play we play very similar but he's always he's a good guy and uh you know, like I've grown to. I love watching Fallen as well. Like I've been watching him for my whole, like my whole life as well now. So whenever I get to watch him play, and my last question is, you you look like you had some ink that's drying. Yes, sir. What what's that? Uh, it is. Oh, this is one that was on your Twitter. Yes, this is from Chainsaw Man. It's an anime. Chainsaw Man. Yeah, Chainsaw Man. Man, it's an anime. I'm such a fucking zoomer. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I didn't either until like uh, when he was tattooing me. I literally I didn't even know Wait, about this. When anime he was tattooing yeah. you, you're like, oh, it's an anime. I knew it was from an anime. I didn't know like what anime or what. I just saw this it. This podcast and I is it. not about life decisions. <laughs> what, so you just saw the design. You're like, I want that. Yeah, this is that's this whole arm for me is uh, a bunch of stuff that I random like I like and I'm just randomly throwing on and then this arm is the one that I've like planned out a bit more. Have you watched the anime now? 
Uh, it's it's a uh, it's in the book form still. So okay. they're actually coming out with the show soon, though. So I'm definitely going. to. I believe that's called manga. Manga, yes. You learn it all here on the Truth Seeker <laughs> podcast, dude. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, Thank sir, you man. so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed uh, the chat. I haven't really done much of a wrap-up of the actual event uh, of DreamHack Melbourne, but it's kind of quickly receding into the past with Blast Fortress finals this weekend, um, and, it, and it feels a little bit like Melbourne's suddenly a CSGO hub. And honestly, I don't really know what to do with myself. I feel a little like a grizzled ex-cop who hung up the badge. I'm basically Robert Duvall in every film he ever played, packing his little revolver in his holster, pulling on his jacket. Jesus Christ, another fucking tournament. Why don't they let me play golf already, for fuck's sake? Now, obviously, a lot has happened in CS since his podcast was retired. Chiefly among them, at least in the eyes of uh, Moi, was Faze winning the major, Katowice and Cologne this year. And as a Carrigan and Rain stan, it fulfilled almost all of my dreams. Obviously, Guardian, Olaf... Nico weren't there, but uh, when that super team lost the Boston final, it set up a bit of a cliffhanger for me, storyline-wise, and in some ways, the suspense is almost gone, with the Grand Slam probably being the last act of that uh, particular narrative. Um, Look, I've been watching CS the whole time, I'll still keep watching, I'll try and get a ticket for the Major, but that's where I'm at. The good news is, I have profited from the rank reset uh, that Valve slapped on us last month when they announced they'd reset everyone's ranks like a feverish addict longing for the needle and uh, disgruntled for a very long time at my unchanging position in the high silvers slash low golds. I logged back on in in, in um, anticipation, uh, that word's difficult for me, to see if I really was a global all along. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I found myself back at Nova 1 that unholy quagmire of angry teenagers, derankers, hackers, and basically straight-up cunts who insist on making everyone listen while they punch a cone like proud babies who've just learned to blow bubbles in the bath. However, after a few days of playing, I have found myself, despite what seems to be a voluminous amount of losses, propelled to the heights of DMG. That is the highest I've ever been, and my ego has, of course, inflated along with this new dubbing, and I now look upon any scrub still waiting in MGE and below as simply beneath me, and quite frankly, more suited to playing Valorant. Anyway, much like the effect from the introduction of the trust factor, uh, if you're a long-time listener, you will know that that was a particular joy for me. Uh, Matchmaking has also become relatively uh, peaceful and lovely and fun. Again, players are communicating and being pleasant. And instead of pressing mic when they're ripping a fat one, I'll find they'll sometimes, I don't know, play a few notes on a harp that happens to be lying around. You know, some of them hum a few notes of Mozart. It's that kind of a vibe. Um, so if you'll excuse me, I might just huff my, some of my own farts for a second. <clears throat> I don't know what uh, interview is going to be next. Probably wings up. And to all those DMGs and above, enjoy the game until then. Uh, to the rest of you sweaty, unwashed peasants, you should probably uninstall. <laughs>